I'm Alex Milleris. And I'm Taisei Fu. And the World Juniors started two days ago on Christmas Day, and Canada played their first game yesterday, a 16-2 victory, which actually outdid their, or I guess matched their 14-0 victory over Denmark that was two years ago, the day before. So obviously Germany was you know, the big story. They had eight players who weren't available since they had tested positive for COVID, so they were extremely shorthanded about the size of a Bantam roster, nine forwards, five defensemen, and two goalies who are probably their the second and third best ones on the team, with the third best playing the majority of the game. So definitely not the optimal form for Team Germany. But Canada certainly took advantage of it. And a, a big story, well, one of the big stories for Canada going into it was Kirby Doc, who had gotten injured in the pre-tournament game, the one nothing win against Russia, and is now out for the rest of the tournament, but as pretty much everyone expected, like Kirby Duck wasn't supposed to be available for this tournament anyway, so it was kind of like a bonus to have him, and some people looked at it like they were just back to square one without him, kind of. Yeah, but it's still it's still a pretty significant loss, right? Because, uh, But uh, if there's one team that's equipped to handle such a loss, it's definitely Team Canada, ridiculously stacked. But, you know, it, it sucks to see this kind of thing happen, where a player, you know, gets released, who could totally be in NHL camp, gets injured in kind of a, what was a freak accident there, and looks like he's going to miss some NHL time too on top of the tournament. So if you're Chicago, if you're Kirby Doc, this is uh, like the wor- worst case scenario, right? And this is the, the kind of situation that teams fear, right? When they send their blue chip prospects over to this, uh, over to the tournament, uh, you know, especially when they're this close to being NHL ready. And, uh, but he already, he already but, played the NHL for most of last year. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it definitely sucks to see. Uh, it's, 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 hopefully, it doesn't uh, add to the deterrence uh, for these, you know, superstar players who are NHL ready. Uh, but, you know, it, it, was a, it really was a freak accident, right? Like, it looked like it was really not much. Uh, he kind of bumped into the Russian player, and all of a sudden, his, you know, he's got a pretty gruesome wrist injury. So, uh, you know, best wishes to the Kirby Doc. But yeah, you said it. First of all, it was you're basically playing with house money with Kirby Doc because you didn't really expect him to show up, at, like well, to be released by the Blackhawks. And yeah, as I said earlier, this team is completely loaded. Uh, in that game against Germany, I mean, it just wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. Even if Germany was, you know, at full strength, uh, the Canadians, as I said last week, there's just a ridiculous amount of talent, especially with the forwards, that they would have been overmatched regardless. Uh, and I look at this game. I don't really take too much out of it. You know, it's just like the Canadians kind of went in and took care of business as they should have. If it was anything close, in fact, it would have been really concerning uh, because you're looking at a team that's completely, so ridiculously shorthanded because of COVID. And so 16-2, I think uh, maybe, maybe we didn't expect such a huge uh, margin of margin of victory, but I think it's about what we expected because uh, you know, it's this Canadian team completely stacked on the forwards and so, uh, with teams like Germany, who are already at a severe disadvantage, we expect this kind of result. Yeah, I think uh, today's game, Canada plays Slovakia at the same time. I look at that as the first Canada's first real game of the tournament. Because Germany, I mean, first of all, they were missing players like, well, first of all, Moritz Seider, uh, who wasn't released by his, his club team, 
uh, one team in the Swedish league. I don't remember who. Lucas Reichel tested positive. Uh, their best goalie, who would have been their surefire starter, uh, Tobias Ensitska, I think is his name, uh, isn't even on the roster because he tested positive before the bubble began. So really, these are like the third and fourth best goalies who are, who are playing for Team Germany. And obviously, of course, the shorthand roster. So even no matter what the score was, uh, well, unless it, unless like Germany won or anything like that, no matter what the score is, like once it got to like six one seven one, it was going to be very hard to take any real lesson away from this game if you're Team Canada, because you know also also Germany was just coming off a game against Finland the night before, another very good team. Well, I admit I didn't watch very closely; I was busy doing Christmas things on Christmas. But from the score, as I could tell, five to three, it seems pretty close. That Germany, with the exact same depleted roster. Uh, gave Finland a pretty good run for their money and just had nothing left in the tank for Canada, as the score indicates. Yeah, I mean, how often do we even have that? Two games in a row? Uh, two two games in two days, like a back-to-back? Uh, is this That's like pretty common in the round robin. Yeah, well, Canada has one uh, yesterday and today. Canada's going to have a back-to-back. I think every team usually has one in the round robin. And Germany, actually, they had the option because they had so few players available for these first two games. They had the option of moving their game against Canada uh, from to, from yesterday to today, to one day later, and they were going to shift the schedule around accordingly. Germany decided not to, so that they could just get those two games against the two strong opponents that they had very little chance of beating out of the way early, and get their rest for Slovakia and Switzerland to try and get into the quarterfinals with a, a full roster against those more beatable teams. Yeah, that's fair. So, right, because those players that have COVID... Or in that five-day quarantine. Uh, yes, so, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's kind of a ridiculous prospect. But, I mean, if you're Germany, that's probably the right way to go. Uh, two games in a row against Finland and Canada with, like, I don't know, 14 players uh, on your roster. I mean, the fact that they actually managed to hold up 5-3, which isn't completely embarrassing, eh, I give them credit. Yeah, it is. But, uh, you know, <laughs> when you get down to it, when you, when you have to play the next day, with you know only fourteen players, uh, losing sixteen to two, not such a big surprise. And yeah, you, if you're Canada, you can't you can't take too much out of this. You took care of business. Now you move on. You play some teams who aren't completely ravaged by the disease. And yeah, uh, aside from that, I thought you know Devin Levi. Have we talked about Devin Levi being announced uh, as the goalie? For, uh, we for did team not. Yeah, Devin, yeah, I'm still unsure about the pronunciation. If uh, The TSN broadcast keeps saying Levi, but I saw some Twitter people, or at least one person, pretty adamant that it's Levy. So, and I would have been saying Levy, which I'm pretty sure is wrong at this point. Uh, I trust probably someone, I don't remember who it was, but I was like, oh, they seem pretty confident it's Levy, and TSN has gotten names pronunciations wrong in the past, so I think I'll go with Levy for now. But yeah, uh, super awesome. I thought he was pretty... Uh, firmly the number two but it looks like uh the coaches really like him and i mean so far it seems like they were correct he got a, a shutout against russia in the pre-tournament game he looked great and once again he, he only gave that one goal on that uh jj paterka goal in the first period that deflected off a of bowen byram stick so maybe not the fiercest competition yet in this tournament but he's done pretty much all you could ask and they said something really interesting on the broadcast yesterday about him because uh, he doesn't, he's been playing junior A. He doesn't play major junior. I think it's because he is going to play college hockey next year. So he actually didn't know. 
any of the other players uh, at the training camp or any of the coaches. Almost every play, like you at least you know you've played with someone before, you've played against someone before, you have some sort of personal relationship with your at least some of the your teammates on Team Canada. Devin Levy didn't know anyone, so that's another really cool aspect of uh, of the story there that they brought up on TSN. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Just walks in uh, and uh, gets the starter's job, and he looks pretty good. As we said, the stiffest composition uh, yet to come, but great start. Great start. Uh, straight from Montreal, West Island stuff. And uh, yeah, Devin Levy, who knows? Maybe this is, uh, we, this is, we just need, right at this point with the Canadian roster as it is, we just need some, you know, solid average goaltending. Uh, and basically the skaters can take care of business. Well, I mean, that's, that's the game plan at least. And uh, I mean, so far it looks like Devin Levy. Looks like he's doing the job. Yeah, it was Eric Engels who said it pronounced Levy, so I, I'm going to trust him on that one. Uh, so after a uh, 16-2 win, I am very glad that Don Cherry no longer has a platform. And I don't like to bring him up, but I'm bringing him up for, uh, for a reason. Because you'll probably remember two years ago, he went off about, you know, the hockey gods and karma and after Canada beat Denmark 14-0, that they should have stopped or whatever. And everyone's like, oh, that's stupid, because it is stupid. But then Canada ended up losing in the quarterfinals. And, you know, then he goes, see, I told you. Or I don't know if he said that, but some people did, like the whatever. And uh, I don't think there is necessarily a correlation between, oh, voodoo wizardry is going to come and get you if you if you don't show any mercy to your opponent. What I do, I do think there might be an argument that, well, not just that you don't learn and learn much about your team from this game, but that when you really put a, a, a cartoonish drubbing on a team like this, it can kind of, I could see it like blowing your confidence out of whack. And I know we don't like to talk too much about these, like uh, the abstract things that a lot of times people will say after the fact, uh, like, oh, they just didn't want it enough and stuff like that. But I do think there's something to be said for Canada maybe getting a little bit too much on there. Oh yeah, we're clearly the favorite now that we just scored 16 goals in a game and kind of resting on your laurels a little bit, even subconsciously. Uh, so I could see I could see coaches being worried about that. I don't think maybe just because like the very similar thing happened two years ago probably makes it less likely to happen again that they kind of you know slow down and and you'll probably remember also that year two years ago after that fourteen nothing win against Denmark they had a very time scoring for the rest of the round robin. I think they only had like um uh they I'm having a hard time remembering, but I think they lost to Russia like two to one on New Year's Eve. They was only only could only score one goal. And then against Finland in the quarterfinals, I could only score one goal. So the offense really dried up fast. And I don't see that happening again. Uh, also, whoever the coach was, I'm having a hard time remembering, but made some very questionable decisions two years ago. That was the, the tournament in Vancouver. And I also think the fact that Team USA won 11 uh, just a little while after the 16-2 win makes Canada go, okay, maybe maybe we're actually not that special. Yeah. I mean, look, this is, when you bring up all this... Uh... Karma, voodoo, nonsense. I think it's just that. It's nonsense. Uh, look, I mean, what are you going to do, right? You're going to go easy on Germany once you're up 6-1? I mean, like the, no. the alternatives are frankly just as stupid. Uh, and so, you know, you, you play hockey, you play your best and whatever. You give your 60 minutes. And if it happens to be 16-2, it happens to be 16-2. And it's on the players, it's on the coaches to make sure that, you know, no egos are overinflated because you beat a team with like that that was so incredibly shorthanded uh and you're not going to you're not going to start celebrating off of that uh you just you know it's on the players it's you got to get your mind right 
And I mean, if they, yeah, it's not. Look, it's on the players. It's not. It's not going to be hot. It's not going to be the hockey gods striking down with some bad karma on the Canadian team. That's going to lead them to lose. If they lose, if they have trouble scoring for the rest of the tournament, that's on them. Uh, so, you know, just look. They, you know, that that Don Cherry stuff, complete nonsense. Because what the hell are you going to do? Huh? You're playing against a goalie, as you said, who's like third string, fourth string goalie on the German team. And I mean, what do you expect, people? Uh, what like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What's the alternative? You you skate out your fourth line the rest of the game, and then you have them miss the net like intentionally. Like, what's what's going on? Uh, it just that might be even more insulting. So oh, know? for sure, yeah, yeah. So as I said, you take care of business, and then you move on, and you just recognize the fact that this team, Germany, was never gonna beat you. They're just they had absolutely no chance. And you look to the you look forward, uh, you move forward, and you move on. That's it. Mm-hmm. And you know Don Cherry and all those people can talk all their nonsense about running up the score, but it's a sport, people. It's a fucking it's professional sports. Well, not professional sports just yet, but yeah. we're talking about uh, international competition. Run up the score all you want, because uh, uh, why the hell not? We're not here to save some feelings or whatnot. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Before Kirby Dak got injured, the lineup for Team Canada against uh, Team Russia in the pre-tournament looked a lot like a traditional first, second, third, fourth line makeup. And after he he got injured, a lot of people thought they were just going to do some minor shuffling, maybe move up Quinton Byfield to his spot on the top line, and more or less keep the lines intact. That's not what Andre Trini did at all. He pretty much put everything back into the blender, and what came out was more of where I personally think hockey is trending, which is more of uh, four lines being more evenly skilled. You know what I'm trying to say. And I think it worked out great, especially for a team that is as deep as Canada, where it's not necessarily important to have like a, 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 a traditional checking line or a traditional fourth line or anything like that. Uh, the line that I think, and I think most people would agree, was the most dominant against Germany was the line with Dylan Cousins on it on the right wing with Alex Newhook and Dylan Holloway that was super fun and if we're gonna start shouting out specific players we might be here for a long time but uh Alex Newhook I know some people were frustrated that he got cut from the team last year and I mean I was kind of surprised as well at the time there was no way he was gonna miss this team uh miss the team this year he was amazing he was amazing he was a 16th overall pick of Colorado uh I wouldn't have wanted Montreal to draft Newhook over Caulfield, but if Caulfield were gone at that point, which I thought would have been the case, I would have been super pleased to have Newhook on the team. And I was I was watching him play. He scored a couple goals, and he just he looked so smart. And I was thinking he's he a hundred percent looks ready for the NHL. And I know he's probably gonna finish his. I think he's playing at Boston College, if I'm not wrong. I could totally see a situation like what happened with uh, Makar and many other players in recent years, where he finishes his college season. And then signs with the Avalanche and joins them for the playoff run and plays a key role. He's that good. I think he's ready right away. Yeah, as if Colorado needs another fucking stud uh, to join their ranks. I mean, uh, yeah, looks great. And for Canada, I mean, yeah, it's when you have a team this deep. And I mean, this deep doesn't even doesn't even do it justice because it's you know, it's 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 a forward core with basically exclusively first rounders, and fully this is the way to go. Right, uh, you just you you hit them with waves, and you look at teams like you know they're just in the NHL like Tampa, com- complete depth, right? 
And they just come at you in waves because there's just so much talent up and down the roster that, uh, you know, especially in those top three lines and each each and any one of them can score. It's even more the case with Team Canada because they're just that much more talented compared to their competition. Uh, and how are you going to stop that? How are you going to stop that when your first line is as good as your fourth line and all four lines are just, you know, you've got talent sprinkled in everywhere. And so, I mean, yeah, this, I think, I think, uh, Canada's four core is the group, uh, like you know, the group that's the the best in the tournament because they're so stacked, and you know you spread them out like this, and you get the chemistry going, which you know sixteen two. Uh, I know it's against Germany, but still, uh, they score some goals, and I think this is probably the optimal the way optimal way to go. And you said it; it's the way the hockey's kind of going, where you 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 know you sprinkle in everybody some talent across the entire roster, uh, and it's. I mean, in this case in particular, it seems really uh, the best way to go because, yeah, you hit them with waves and teams like Germany and really any other team, uh, it's going to be hard to stop. Yep. Uh, got a shout out, Habs first rounder and noted goal, store, goal scorer, Caden Gooley. Uh, yeah, and Meshach also scored for the Czech Republic in their 7-1 loss. But Caden uh, Gooley, I'll talk about specifically, or at least first. Maybe we'll mention Meshach a little bit later. Opening scorer for Team Canada. It was great. A great moment. The one nothing goal. Uh, didn't score for the rest of the night. He ended with a plus four, according to TSN. So good for him. And then Dawson Mercer scored the second goal for Canada. Uh, he actually like stole the puck from a German goalie and turned it into a goal immediately twice in this game. From, from both different German goalies, and the first one was his own goal. And I remember thinking, first goal, the guy the Canadians drafted in the first round. Second goal, the guy who I really wanted them to take in the first round, Dawson Mercer, who ended up with two goals and two assists. Uh, Mercer, he was, I honestly, like, well, during the draft, or before the, leading into the draft, I guess, I was a bigger fan of Jarvis and Amirov. remember talking about them as, like, the after the, the, um, the, the big 12, the consensus top 12, those were the next three we thought, those three wingers. Mercer, like, he's not as as flashy, I think, as those other two. But he, he seemed, uh, from the game yesterday, very quietly effective. Like, you know, just, like, not super flashy, but he gets the job done really well offensively. Yeah, looking great. Uh, and, I mean, a team this stacked, he absolutely looks like he uh, fits right in there. As I said, four points. Uh, and... I mean, I know Gooley scored, but uh, fucking still would rather have uh, really any of those players that we're pining about uh, on that draft night reaction. Uh, an anti-shout-out that I would give. Uh, the uh, opposite of a shout-out. Shout-down. Should be... Shout uh, in. Yeah. Uh, would be to uh, Canadian defenseman, Braden Schneider, who was one of those other defensemen that we were going on and on about, about how, you know, low offensive upside and you're just big and that's that's really why the draft stock is uh so high well uh he comes in and uh i'm not sure which german player it was but he comes in with a pretty gross hit i think his arm came up anyways it was a hit to the head appropriately you know game misconduct a major penalty but uh i mean that's just so stupid why are you doing that yeah you know the ihf has really stricter rules when it comes to the hits to the head, I find compared to the NHL, and so I don't know what it is, what it's like in junior, but uh, I mean, you can't go around doing this kind of stupid shit, especially against a team like Germany, where you're gonna win. There's no reason for this nonsense. There's no reason for this nonsense in any case. Uh, and he goes in, he does this, 
And uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see a suspension. Well, this is, uh, is I was so stupid. I mean, there was absolutely no need for that. I mean, keep it clean, people. Uh, your team is already this stack. You don't need to put them at a disadvantage with a five-minute penalty. You lose a player for the rest of the game. It's just, it's just so stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think uh, everyone's expecting a one-game suspension. The announcement would have to come pretty soon, considering their game is in about six and a half hours from now, from the time we were recording. So I don't think he's going to play today, which would mean Jordan Spence draws in as the seventh defenseman. He was a scratch last night. And I think, honestly, you could totally make the argument not to have Braden Schneider play for the rest of the tournament, not not to suspend him for the rest of the tournament, uh, but just because he might be the eighth best defenseman on Team Canada. I, I think you could totally make the case for that. And I don't think that's what Team Canada is going to choose to do. But I thought Caden Korzak was very impressive yesterday, even though he didn't get any points. I've been a Jordan Spence fan since he was drafted. Or before he was drafted, actually, I thought he should have gone way earlier than the fourth round to L.A. where he where he ended up going. Uh, so, yeah, and I think also they have way more offensive upside, much better two-way players than Braden Schneider, whose biggest contributions are really uh, defensively. And, and I don't, I'm not so big, just such a big fan of those one-dimensional types of players. So I think, honestly, whether Braden Schneider suspended today or not, I wouldn't be opposed to having him be the um, the eighth defenseman. Yeah, absolutely. You give Jordan Spence a shot, and if he works out, he works out, and he takes Schneider's spot. I mean, yeah, there's not much more to it. Uh, because you do some stupid shit like that, you put your own uh, you put you put your own spot on the on the active roster at risk. Uh, so you know, yeah, just put mm-hmm. the better defenseman out there, and I don't know with a team like this. Is it is it so bad to have like a really one dimensional defender like Braden Schneider if you know your team is all focused on offense? Maybe not. Maybe it's not the worst thing. But that's what Caden I mean, Gooley is really for. Not opposed to... What's that? That's a, that's what Caden Gooley is for. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. That's that's absolutely <laughs> true. We've already got one of those guys. We don't need a second one. Uh, touche. So absolutely. Uh, put in Jordan Spence today. I think, uh, regardless of Schneider. You know, you got to show something. You do something stupid like that for your team. You know, come on now. Come on now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Jordan Spence. Hope you get the shot and uh, bring some offensive fire. Yep. Uh, Connor McMichael, I'm going to shout him out too because I was very impressed with him last year. And last night or in these first uh, two games, I guess, if you count the tournament, even more so. You know, he reminds me so much of Robert Thomas, who I kept thinking of, uh, who was... Robert Thomas was drafted 20th overall two years before McMichael was drafted 25th overall. This seems like the kind of play, like everyone's like, oh yeah, late first round, late first round. But he has such a such a great hockey sense that it helps him improve so much in all aspects of the game in a short amount of time. You're looking at a redraft, McMichael. I think there's a very good chance he goes in the top 15. And I think probably not this season. But next, I think he's going to make the Capitals, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Maybe similar to what Robert Thomas did, win like a, a top six role on the wing. I don't know if there's room for him to play center on Washington now with Backstrom, Kuznetsov, and Lars Eller all locked up for the foreseeable future. So I think McMichael will be a, a, a left winger in the NHL, at least for his first couple seasons, unless, you know, trades or something. You never know what's going to happen. But I'm, I'm very excited to see uh, what he's going to do. He's like technically the first-line center now. You look at the... For Team Canada, you look at the, the lineup here with Perfetti, McMichael, and Krebs as the uh, technically top line, even though really everything's kind of 
that they're all second lines, really. Uh, and looking at the German side, uh, one player that's stuck out both in both games, really, on the score sheet, uh, JJ Proturka, right? He scored the first goal for Germany. He scored a goal against Finland. Uh, and, I mean, we talked about how this guy should, should have been a first-rounder. I mean, he looks great out there. Uh, on a team, you know, shorthanded, obviously. But uh, him and, like, Stutzel. Well, and I guess that's to be expected because, you know, they're really the two studs on the team. Uh, they just look... They look really fucking good, man. Uh, especially Paterka. He was he was all over the place, making some turnovers. Uh, and he was skated very well, I found. And, uh, yeah, it just, you know, he, he fell to the second round. And we were, we were both scratching our heads like, damn, this guy's so skilled. He's got the ceiling on the offensive upside. Uh, and I think it's showing in the tournament, man. He's, uh, I mean, he's just performing really well right now. And clearly, uh, like... The best player on Germany, maybe. I, I like I, Stutzel's having a very good tournament as well, but uh, I think he's in that conversation because he's just been so good. Wow, yeah, I, I think I think Stutzel is definitely still the the top gun on Germany, but having Paterka there certainly helps, and it will help even more when they hopefully get to have a full roster. Speaking of Paterka, one thing on the broadcast, I think during the third period, uh, Ferraro or Miller, one of them, was talking about how Buffalo Sabres fans are should be very happy watching this game because Dylan Cousins, JJ Paterka, they've both been so great. And then he like reset their names again at the end of his statement, like Cousins, Paterka. And I was like, is he going to say Jack Quinn? Is he going to say Jack Quinn? And he didn't say Jack Quinn. I don't know if it's just because he forgot about Jack Quinn or forgot he was a Sabres, Sabres draft pick. Or he was like, and hey, Jack Quinn's been kind of underwhelming compared to those two players. Yeah, maybe he's been snubbed. Uh, I, think, I think it's uh, more of a case of forgetting. Uh, maybe his notes weren't up to snuff. But uh, yeah, if I'm uh, if I'm Buffalo, you got the two leading scorers on each team in this game, and uh, they're both looking b- 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 fantastic. Uh, yeah. Oh, so uh, anything else you want to add about this game? It was like a little I song. Mean, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, I I don't remember who said it on Twitter. Uh, someone said they were like sitting near Dylan Cousins' family at the draft, and one of his extended family members was like upset he got drafted by Buffalo. But I mean, of course he would be. <laughs> Anyway, um, last player I want to shout out was so amazing, Bowen Byram, another avalanche prospect, totally unfair. Uh, specifically, the play that comes to mind is that Peyton Krebs goal, not the uh, the one in the first period that shouldn't have counted, but in the second period near the end where Bowen Byram was like circling the offensive zone with the puck, like two rounds, and then he made this beautiful no-look pass to Krebs right in the wheelhouse. It reminded me so much of Quinn Hughes in that play. I know they're only like a a year and a half or so apart in terms of age, but I see Bowen Byram having a similar impact as soon as he makes the the NHL. I think he can be as good as like Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, Miro Haskinen. I think he's going to be in that tier as if the Avalanche need another Kale McCarr level defenseman when they already have Kale McCarr. But Bowen Byram, I think is probably, uh, he's set to have the most dominant tournament at the world juniors for a defenseman, probably since like Thomas Shabbat absolutely stole the show in 2017. Hopefully this one can end in a, a gold for Canada instead of silver. But Bowen Byram was incredibly impressive yesterday, a standout player. And I think it's going to continue. Yeah. is a, uh... Bonafide number one defenseman out here. And yeah, it's completely unfair. It's completely unfair. Why does Colorado get him as well? That's the Duchesne trade, Byron. Yeah, right. Where they, they, that was the fourth overall pick, right? Exactly, Uh, yeah. And from that year, and it's just, uh, yeah, 
I mean, there was a chance that he, they would have gotten the first overall pick. But, I mean, losing the lottery and Bowen Byram as your uh, consolation prize. Sure is one hell of a consolation prize there for Colorado. Uh, mm-hmm. And, I mean, look, that is... That's going to be so dumb. Are you kidding me? Makar and Byram, both crazy young, on the same team. Well, that's already stacked, head to toe on with the forwards. And really, I mean, like, ugh, that I don't even want to go into it. But uh, Colorado, you know, we, we just talked about, uh, I think it was Mercer, right? Uh, yeah. Or no, it was Newhook, sorry. Oh, sorry, Newhook. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Newhook. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be gross. It's going to be gross. Give it, like, three years. Uh, and I think that forward core, like McKinnon, Landeskog, and uh, McKinnon, Landeskog, and who am I missing? Rantanen. Rantanen. They'll still probably be there. And you add these dudes to it, it's going to be, uh, yeah, Colorado-Tampa. It's not like a final for the next like three years in a row. Watch it. <laughs> um, Team USA, also, as I kind of mentioned before, 11 nothing big win over Team Austria. Uh, sadly, Cole Caulfield didn't have any points. And you know, you know what I noticed? You know what I noticed? I noticed yesterday about Cole Caulfield is uh, so my timeline is constantly full of people talking about Cole Caulfield. Not Habs fans though. Uh, a lot of Leaf fans, fans of other teams uh, who love to talk about any game where Cole Caulfield doesn't get a point. And then that pre-tournament game against Finland uh, was yeah, it was Finland where he scored those two beautiful goals on that same shift, a minute and a half apart. Uh, it was pretty quiet, pretty, pretty quiet to be totally honest. And the only people who were saying, "Wow, Cole Caulfield is amazing," there were a couple, uh, very you know trustworthy, trustworthy people in the online scouting community. Uh, Lauren Kelly, Scott Wheeler, a uh, couple other names. I remember saying, "Like, wow, Cole Caulfield is amazing. He's gonna be a star. He could score forty goals." And of course, there was me tweeting Caulfield with the uh, the hard eyes emoji. And then he he goes one game without any points, and all of a sudden, everyone's saying Cole Caulfield. I, who's who's he? I only talk about people who score and stuff like that. But uh, but not to worry because Cole Caulfield um, is going to score many many goals for the rest of the tournament. He's going to he's going to greatly score. Uh, what what am I trying to say? He's going to greatly surpass. There we go. The one that he had in last year's tournament, which was an overtime winner, by the way. Uh, only too bad for the American team. They're not going to uh, make it to the medal round, especially if they. If their coach Nate Lehman tries the, the strategy they tried, tried last year, which is don't play your best players that worked out so well for them. Uh, Cole Caulfield will only play like three minutes in the first period or something like that. But uh, anyway, US Team USA definitely a contender, of course, especially eleven nothing, uh, big showing. And uh, the closest game of the day yesterday was Sweden beating the Czechs seven to one with that Yan Mishak goal on the power play. Yeah. So for the the US. Uh, for Cole Caulfield in particular, they hate us because they ain't us, uh, and they don't exactly. they don't have Caulfield in their prospect pool. They're just jealous. They're the Leafs fans. They got all they got is stinky Nick Robinson, uh, Robertson, <laughs> and uh, they, they don't got a Caulfield in their ranks. And uh, but yeah, uh, dude's a stud, and looking like he's gonna have a great tournament. One game is one game, right? And they fucking won eleven nothing. Uh, yeah, it's Cole Caulfield, baby. Uh, and aside from that. Uh, you know, there, we also there was also that game on uh, on Christmas Day, right? That they had against Russia, which they lost five three, and uh, yeah, yeah, they didn't yeah. look too great there. They the looked kind of what's that? I think sorry, I think that was the one where Caulfield only played like three minutes in the first period. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think I think he played. I think in the second period that kind of sorted itself out. 
Uh, he ended up playing like the third most minutes for the Americans just in the second period. He played like seven minutes or eight minutes or something like that. Uh, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And uh, yeah, you just mentioned it last year and we talked about it last year. The U.S. had a very questionable, uh, you know, tactics in, in game management from the coaching staff. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see about that. And they, they, I mean, playing Austria, not a, not a huge test for the Americans at all. But I thought the Russia game was kind of concerning. They looked pretty lost in their defensive zone. Uh, and for Russia, man, like, like there's been like Askarov, obviously he's a stud prospect and everything, first round pick. But like he didn't look too great. And he didn't look too great last year either at the tournament. He was terrible. Uh, and man, what is it? What is it? Like, are you concerned? I'm not too concerned just yet. But like, you know, oh, once it ha- keeps happening over and over, it becomes a trend. And yeah, I don't know. Is there something with this tournament? With 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 Askarov and the the World Juniors, oh, you're talking about Askarov. I thought you were talking about Spencer Knight because he was yeah, less he wasn't regular either. And yeah, even both, both in that game against Russia, Askarov. Um, I I think like he was he was all right. Uh, the, well, last year he was 17, and a 17 year old goalie in this tournament uh, is extremely rare. So it was not such a surprise that he was. Uh, he was kind of the number two there ended up being what I was kind of surprised by was that they kept going back to him. They tried a couple times to go back to him when Amir Miftahov was clearly, you know, better, at least at the time being, you know, a year or two older. Uh, and Askarov, um, that game against the, the USA, he, he was a little bit shaky. He was a little bit shaky. I think Spencer Knight was way shakier. I don't know what was going on there. And Dustin Wolf stepped in, got that shutout, stopped like 10 shots or something against Team Austria. Uh, I still think, I still think Askarov is the best goal in this tournament. Uh, even though he was a little bit shaky in that first game, uh, and you know, you know, all the time people will like inflate the value of these World Junior games uh, and ignore the fact that he's been amazing in the KHL for the entire season. The KHL, and the KHL is definitely stronger competition than a World Junior. So one shaky game against Team USA, I don't think there's much to be worried about. Spencer Knight, though, that was more than shaky in that game against Russia. Like, if you want to make the argument to start Dustin Wolf again, like I could totally, I could totally understand why. I don't know. Their, their next game is either against uh, the Czech Republic or a team Sweden. I don't remember who. That's an interesting, interesting thing to look at. I would guess they're going to go back tonight because it's kind of like, yeah, he's clearly the best. So we don't like if Dustin Wolf uh, like shakes a little bit, are we going to go back to tonight? Like, you know, you were t- kind of talking about, do you kind of want to solidify who your guy is pretty early on in this tournament? And when you only have, and when you have your one like Spencer Knight right away, it's like, oh, you know, it kind of, it kind of looks bad if we turn away from him and go to Wolf after one bad game. Don't know what to do. Whereas with Canada, with like Levy or Garand, like you don't, we don't really know heading in who is going to be the number one. So you kind of just ride the hot hand, and no one thinks too much of it. Yeah, and that's the thing with goaltending, right? And I've talked about it the last few weeks. Uh, it's just it matters so much in this tournament. Uh, and if you have a hot goalie. If I can ride him uh, and he can take it to the freaking gold medal. Uh, and, you know, it's it's a tricky situation. Absolutely. When you have that, you know, that star prospect like your Spencer Knight, like your Askarov. Uh, and, you know, with Askarov, I'm not concerned about his prospect status. I'm just I'm more concerned about Russia. Right. Uh, if he continues to be shaky, uh, you know, it's the same thing with USA. Right. Uh, what are you going to do? Because, you know, if you throw in your back up in there, obviously that shakes things up. You don't know how the chemistry is going to be, but that's the thing. I think you got to ride the hot hand. And Dustin Wolf, obviously, it was against Austria, so you can't, you know, I keep putting, I keep saying you can't put too much stock in these kind of games because, you know, it's just so lopsided. But I think, you know, you've got, what, four games, right? 
four games to kind of sort yourself out to figure out your goalie. I think you give Dustin Wolf another chance. Uh, like a like, who's their next opponent? Do we know? I don't. I I'm checking right now. For some reason, the TSN schedule isn't scrolling very far, but uh, I'm trying to find it right now. While I find it, I guess you might have seen actually, but guess how many shots on goal Team USA had yesterday against Team Austria? Uh, they had like 68, right? I think that was the answer. They ended with 73. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, okay. Was... So this is actually kind of weird. Um. So they started with a back-to-back on the 25th and 26th. Now they have two days off. They played the Czechs on the 29th. And it's not really loading till the end for me. But I would guess they play... Yeah, they play Sweden on New Year's Eve, the last game of the round robin. So the Czechs are their next opponent. I would expect that since USA should, should beat the Czechs relatively handily, they go back to Spencer Knight, see if he can regain his confidence a bit. But, you know, if he gives up a stinker or two early on, then all of a sudden you're you're blowing a game that you should have had, and now you might finish, like, third or fourth in the group. Yeah, that is... Actually, honestly, if I'm USA, I'd probably prefer to face Sweden first. Uh, and then you maybe throw in Dustin Wolf in there, see if he's got, if he got something, if he really does have the hot hand. And if he doesn't, you throw in Spencer Knight. Uh, for the rest of the tournament. But uh, yeah, tricky situation for the States because, uh, you know, Spencer Knight, really a blue chip prospect over here. Should be the number one guy. But uh, yeah, looking not just shaky, you're right. He looked, he looked bad. It was, it was, it was him that, that, that had that goal, right? Where he just like gave it to the opposition. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, okay. That, like that's, that's terrible. So uh, just... Uh, Definitely something I think is probably the most interesting goaltending situation in the tournament by far. Uh, nothing like a good goalie controversy when it's not your team. Uh, and uh, it's fun to watch. So uh, we'll, we'll see with these Americans. We'll see because that, that team, you know, as always, in contention for the medals. And so, uh, you know, kind of cheering against them. Cheering against them for sure. Yeah. Uh, today's schedule on the docket, we have Finland, Switzerland at 2 Eastern. Uh, which should be a, should be a fun game. Obviously, Finland's favored, but you know Switzerland never count them out, as they say. Uh, I don't know who says that, but I mean, I never count Switzerland out. Canada, Slovakia, that'll be fun, of course. Team Canada, and then Russia, Czech Republic. I think last year's tournament, uh, the Czechs actually upset Russia in the round robin. Uh, that was in uh, Ostrava. Remember, it was in the Czech Republic last year. All the fans were like swaying back and forth. It was a relatively small arena. I think it had like five thousand. But remember, it was super loud and super exciting, and they had that great penalty song, like, or whatever. And uh, that was, I think, I feel like the Czechs and Russia are oftentimes like the opening game of the tournament. I don't know why, but I feel like that's happened. Anyway, uh, that'll be a fun game, too. That's the late game. That's the 9.30. And that is the schedule for today. So, actually, by next week's episode, the round robin will be all done, and the quarterfinals will be all done as well. So, we're going to have a lot of World Junior stuff to recap then, more than just these uh, two days of games. But now, perhaps we can move along to the NHL news, which there has been more of this week than in most recent weeks, including Nikita Kucherov will have to miss the entire season due to uh, surgery. I don't remember what surgery, but he's going to have to get surgery on something. And he's missing the entire regular season. And, I mean, probably will be healthy to go just in time for the playoffs, you know, as these players tend to be. But here's what frustrates me. So, obviously, you have some people who think, like, hmm, we were just talking about, you know, 
Tampa in their cap problems. How are they ever going to, like, no one even wanted to claim Tyler Johnson off waivers. How are they going to figure it out? And this does figure it out for them. The fact that Kucherov is going to be on LTIR all year, that's a very hefty price to pay. Losing your best player, losing someone who won the Hart Trophy uh, two seasons ago, uh, just to get under the cap. And so this isn't why they're putting Kucherov on. This was probably like, I mean, obviously, Kucherov, even if they were well under the cap, I assume Kucherov would have to be on LTIR as well. But the fact that they might just have to, like, he might be totally healthy and ready to go with, like, two and a half weeks left in the regular season, and they're going to have to wait it out because they just don't have room for him under the cap is a big, you know, that's a big price you have to pay for Tampa Bay. Uh, and But it did create room for them to finally solve Anthony Sorelli's contract. Uh, people saying, oh, no one offer sheeted. I'm sure teams tried to offer sheet and he didn't want to leave. And it's a ridiculously great deal. But what did you expect? Three years. So he will be an RFA still at the end of it. I'm almost certain. Yeah. And $4.8 million against the cap for someone who was just your second line center uh, for your Stanley Cup win, who is probably going to be in Selkie consideration this next season. $4.8 million, And he's still an RFA at the end. That's insane. He's definitely going to surpass that. And I think if like if he hit the open market, he's probably getting like seven million somewhere in that range. So another great piece of work by Steve not sorry, not Steve Eisman. Julian Breezebois is now the GM in Tampa Bay. Yeah, the deals keep coming for Tampa Bay. Jesus Christ. Uh like that is such a steal. Three by four point eight. And uh yeah. you, you gotta wonder if teams tried to offer sheet him. I wouldn't be surprised if nobody even tried because it's the NHL. But you know, uh it's just it's such a ridiculous. It's so unfair. It is so unfair. But uh, you know, there's no going back to Kucherov. There's no conspiracy here. Uh, and yeah, as you said, that's a that's a huge loss for them, uh, Kucherov. But you know, there's a team that can handle it. If uh, it's it's this team who just basically handled the entire season without Steven Stamkos and managed to win the Stanley Cup, right? So uh, you know, hopefully Stamkos will be healthy and they'll just be able to pick up from there. Uh, obviously, huge loss though. I mean. Yeah, MVP just two years ago, and he was such a he was so good last year too, right? Uh, it's not like he dropped off, you know, big time. So, uh, yeah, Kucherov, but definitely a silver lining. I mean, are you kidding me? That is, I mean, obviously it sucks to lose one of your best players, one of the best players in the entire league. Uh, but one hell of a silver lining, right? Uh, now I think they, I think they're like two million dollars over the cap once they put him on LTIR, but. Uh, I mean, this still leaves the door open for him to return for the playoffs, right? Because Brisbane only said that he'd be out for the regular season. But, uh, you know, the cap doesn't count during the playoffs. So if he manages to get healthy by then, I mean, you could absolutely have a scenario where he joins the team uh, and they go on another cup run because uh, they're just like that, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, uh, you know, we'll see what... I mean, $2 million, not nearly as hard uh, to maneuver as $11 million which I think it was uh, beforehand. So, yeah, uh, pretty sick silver lining for Tampa Bay. Obviously, you hate to see a guy like Kucherov go down, but, I mean, it sure, make, it sure makes it easier on their cap department because they were in a serious pickle. I, I don't think we talked about it enough, honestly, uh, beforehand. But obviously, it, it looks like we didn't need to because, you know, they sorted it out. But, yeah, $11 million. That was a fucking lot of money that, that they had to free up. And uh, just like that, it kind of goes all up into smoke, kind of like the Islander situation. 
Yeah, I was expecting without that Kucherov injury, I thought they were gonna end up having to trade like Alex Kalorn and throw in a sweetener, and then have to. I thought they were gonna go into the season without like Sorelli or Chernak signed. I honestly thought they weren't gonna be able to get clear up the room for either one of them. Uh, and I mean, yeah, it does make it a lot easier. Uh, you know, I mean, probably harder to win without Kucherov. But I think that I think they're pretty much still a shoe in for the the playoffs anyway, unless you know everyone else gets injured. But that probably that's unlikely to happen. Uh, the Habs news, though, I think this is pretty amazing. We've gotten over forty minutes into the show. There's been one piece of Habs news this week for the first time in a while, and we've gotten this far in without talking about it. Michael Frolik, the latest addition to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, the first time I remember ever hearing of Michael Frolik was uh, like in 2012, I think. When I was, I saw that like Chicago Blackhawks Christmas promo thing, and he was there singing like Frolik Navidad, and I was like, "That's memorable," <laughs> and it was memorable because I uh, I remembered it to this day, and I think of it every time I think of Michael Frolik. So yeah, he's spent a long time in like the top six on the Flames on that line with like Kachuk and Backlund. Backlund, he was kind of the mainstay on the right wing for a couple of years. But then, you know, he's, he's I think, 32 or 33 now. His play's kind of taken a nosedive. He was traded to Buffalo. And uh, he was healthy scratched in Buffalo a bit. So that's definitely not a good sign. I honestly, looking at the wingers on the Canadians, they do have a lot of depth on the wings now. I uh, see Gallagher, Tatar, Toffoli, Drouin, Josh Anderson, Byron, Armia, uh, Lekkanen. So, I mean, you know, it's probably going to be hard for Frolik to break into, you know, to surpass someone in that group of eight. And I don't think anyone who I listed is a center. I don't want to call J- Jonathan Duran a center. Please no. And besides Montreal already has, you know, uh, Dino Suzuki, Kotkaniemi, and probably Jake Evans on the fourth line. So that's really how I see the lineup shaking out. I don't think this changes that. I think this really is just depth for the taxi squad because you look at the organizational depth at forward for the Canadians. It wasn't very strong. We talked about this during the bubble in the playoffs, how their extra forwards where I don't even remember who guys like Laurent Dauphin or something like that. And it's like the other teams are much stronger, especially after Montreal had traded, you know, Nate Thompson, Nick Cousins, players like that. So Fro League just kind of helps boost that. And I wouldn't be disappointed at all if they signed other similar level players, guys like uh, who's to, whoever's still available. Trevor Lewis uh, is still available. He's a name I know I mentioned. Uh, let's pull up Let's pull up the, the UFA list because – Remember, I know Kajula was another name. I was like, hmm, maybe Montreal could sign him for death, but then Arizona snagged him up like the same day. So Drake Kajula not coming to Montreal. Uh, and neither Kovalchuk's not coming back either because he just signed with Russia. Brendan Perlini, maybe you can make room for him. Uh, someone like Tom Kunakel, unless he signed in Russia. Nick Shore. Uh, guys like that. Guys like that who I think Mark Burst ranked. Depth for the taxi squad, you know? Very much needed. Yeah, absolutely. And for an organization that's so rich... Like the Habs, you can you can offer these guys, you know, one-way contracts, right? And that's for a guy who's on the border of, you know, NHL, AHL, and whatnot. Uh, that can make a big difference because NHL contracts are like 10 times uh, the AHL contracts. So they gave for a one-year, uh, one 750 k And so you put them on the taxi quad, there's no cap it there. And really, that's the, that's the ideal way to go, right? And it's, been, it's just it's solid taxi squad depth. And I mean, Frolik Navidad, he signed this thing on December 23rd. So it really, really is a Frolik Navidad this year. And uh, yeah, so, you know, it's just you, this kind of signing. I think it's solid stuff for Bergeron. Absolutely shoring up the depth. And yeah, you talked about the problems that they had last year at the forwards. Absolutely. 
So this helps. And there is no downside to this. There's only upside. Maybe he plays a few games. Maybe he's solid as a fourth liner. If not, we never hear of him again. Yeah, and uh, nor do we hear about his cap hit. I think that works out great. Yeah. Uh, I do expect Froelich will be wearing number 67. It'll be the second player in Canadian's history to wear 67 after Max Pacioretty. I know sometimes uh, fans will talk about having to, like, they'll see a player, uh, like a new player on their team, and they'll keep on thinking it's the old player who isn't there anymore. That's going to happen a lot with Froelich, I think, because, I mean, I think they're probably, I think they're both about the same size, and they both shoot left, which certainly won't help the cause. Uh, and number 67 is quite a rare number. So I think if Froelich does get into any games, which probably will happen at some point, whether, you know, probably an injury or some, some reason, Froelich will get into the lineup. Probably a lot of double takes from house fans. What? What? Michael Froelich. Especially because, you know, no one's really paying such close attention to the hockey news on December 23rd. There might be some fans who don't even realize this Froelich signing has happened. So, so yeah. Um, I have a bold prediction. On one player, I think Mark Bergman is going to sign to like a, to a, a leagueman one-year contract for taxi squad depth. Do you want to know who it is? Sure. Hit it. All right. Last year, in 49 NHL games, he had zero goals and three assists. Former Detroit Red Wing Justin Advocator and former USA World Cup hockey player. I think Mark Bergman is going to be heart and grit for the, for the fifth line. Here we go. Okay. All right. Uh, Justin Advocator, as long as... You know, honestly, like, you can sign any of these players. You got to fuck. Uh, I know Cody Cece signed, but you could sign a Cody Cece, Jack Johnson, to caliber player. As long as, A, they're not playing, and B, it's it's cheap. And, uh, you know, yeah. that's the I don't care. You know, that'd be kind of jokes, though. That'd be kind of jokes. Yeah, totally he's even really hilarious. That would be so funny. So, uh, you know what? Yes. Give me some Justin Applicator. Uh, yeah, so he's still a UFA? Yep. All right. He is. The stars have aligned. It is time to see Justin Ablocator in a Habs jersey. Oh my god, could you imagine it? Ablocator written on the back. That's just it's too good. It's manifested. We're doing it. All right. With a hey, magic stone player. or something. Our, 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 let's have the hockey gods, the voodoo, the karma people who made Team Canada lose two years ago. We're gonna we call upon them to bring Justin Ablocator to Montreal. Anyway, sure. there was a trade last night as well, or I guess really early this morning, I think. Uh, and it was somewhere around midnight where the Ottawa Senators greatly overpaid for a player who is not very good anymore at all, or at least hasn't been for the past year or two, Derek Stepan, formerly of the Arizona Coyotes, uh, who fetched a seventh rounder and Tony D'Angelo, well, along with Antti Ranta, I guess. Uh, in that trade, that was probably a clear win for the Rangers. Uh, now another team who is giving up Derek Stepan clearly won the trade because Ottawa gave a second rounder to the Arizona Coyotes for Derek Stepan, especially in this time where a cap space is more valuable than probably it's ever been. I know Ottawa had a lot of room to maneuver with, uh, but still six and a half million dollars for this guy. He's probably going to be like your second line center on a good team. He would probably be like a, a high end fourth liner, I think, or maybe you'd move into the wing or something because the, the analytics that I were looking at don't shine upon him very, very nicely. And a second rounder, Columbus' is second rounder. Who knows how good Columbus is going to be? Maybe that'll end up being like, you know, 40th overall or something. You can get a great player with that. Ottawa's just, I mean, you know, they're really, they're just filling out to the, um, I don't, they didn't even need this to like meet the cap floor or anything because they right now have about 6 million in cap space. So they were fine without this. They're just 
you know, get an NHL player, you know, leadership. You, I get the rationale behind so, acquiring someone like Derek Stepan, but for someone who, for a team that should probably still be keeping draft picks, to give up a second rounder, and now you look at their 2021, the picks they have. They have their first, two seconds, a third, no fourth, no fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. So I guess this past draft was really there. Here, we're going to use all our picks now, and now we can, uh, I don't know, get into acquiring established players mode. But I think that's just, I get acquiring step on. I think it's a decent fit when you look at the Senators roster, but it's a big overpay. Oh, it's complete clowner. It's complete nonsense. Uh, the Senators, it's a garbage deal for them. And frankly, there's no, like, like come on. Are you freaking kidding me? This guy's, this guy's washed. This guy's completely washed. He's like 30 years old. He has one year on his contract. He has one year on his bad contract left. And you're giving up a second round pick for this? I mean, Frank, they, like, look, you said it. The, the cap space is so valuable. And teams that have it, they should be weaponizing it and not doing this kind of crap. Because, uh, you know, absolutely, Ottawa. Uh, for a team that, A, you know, supposedly cap strapped because Eugene doesn't want to spend his money. Well, one way to really cheap out is to, uh, you know, take some bad contracts that have been already, you know, mostly paid for. And then you take that, you get some assets on top of it, and it works out great. But instead, you go and get an expensive guy who, you know, I think his total salary is $5 million. So, you, you know, you're saving $1.5 million. Congratulations. But he's just frankly not very good. I mean, this is this guy's not worth a second round pick. You can talk all you want about leadership, but he's not very good on the ice. And yeah, I mean, on a, on a good team, you said it. This guy's a fourth center, maybe even a fifth best center. Uh, who knows? And... He's just, I mean, I don't, I don't understand the rationale. Honestly, I, I understand you do, uh, you know, you want, you want to fill out a roster spot or whatnot, but giving up a second round pick for this guy who, you know, what has he really shown that, that tells you you want him? I mean, he's completely fallen off a cliff the last couple of years when he had like 50, he had 50 points in his first season three years ago. And since then he's got 35 and 28 without any sort of major injury. And so, you know, it's just, it's a complete overpair. You can't be a second round pick. Honestly, you know, like in this cap environment, six and a half million dollars for a guy like Derek Stepan, you should be taking a sweetener. You should you should get a second yeah. round pick for crying out loud. Okay, maybe not that much of a sweetener, but you know, you get the gist of it. You should be getting something on top of it. Not paying a whole ass second rounder for fucking Derek Stepan in a in a year where the cap is going down and most teams are struggling to just, you know, barely stay under it. Uh, it's completely preposterous that Ottawa is is getting this guy. And uh yeah, why aren't you weaponizing, man? Like the one thing that you should be good at because you're trying to save that money. And yeah. they're just not doing it. It's, it's such a bad move. I cannot believe it. And so, Stepan you know. is, uh, Stepan's now the highest, has the highest cap hit for sends forwards, six and a half, followed by Dadanov at five million, two new arrivals. And uh, the second highest on the team after Thomas Shabbat making eight million. And you know what I was thinking? What would have made a lot more sense for Ottawa and trading anything, even if it were a seventh round pick, for Derek Stepan would have been claiming Tyler Johnson on waivers back in October when he was there because not only is he better than, and cheaper than Derek Stepan, you wouldn't have had to give up a, a draft pick for it. And I know everyone was like, "Oh, don't help Tampa, don't help Tampa," but you know, it, it make, it's really you're helping yourself. You're helping yourself. You're getting a good player for free. Maybe he makes a little bit much, but Derek Stepan makes a lot much. So if you even you know even at this point, um. If you're Ottawa, you've gotten to this point in the offseason, you want to acquire a second line center, and you can give them the second rounder for Stepan, or I'm pretty confident 
Tampa probably would have been super happy. They would have been stoked to get a second rounder for Tyler Johnson. So I think it makes way more sense to look to Tampa Bay. Maybe they're not as eager to give up Johnson anymore now that Kucherov is injured. But I think you could have definitely figured out a deal that was way better for you know yourself, way better actually for your hockey team on paper because Tyler Johnson is better than Stepan. So I, I just I look at those two like you clearly had an opportunity to acquire a better player for less, and you didn't. You chose Derek Stepan instead. Yeah, missed opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, you you mean I mean you could get Tyler Johnson. Hell, you could probably you know like a couple weeks ago, you could ask for Tampa for like a small sweetener. You know, throwing a throwing a late round pick or a mid round pick, and Tampa would have been like, "Okay, we're so screwed right now. We're eleven million dollars over the cap, and we thought, or it was like eight million, and we still need to sign Sorelli. Uh, and they would have handed it to him to you. And instead, you got you said worst player for more oh, money. Wait, what? I forgot. Uh, Johnson has that no trade clause, which was like the reason oh. they had to put on waivers in the first place. Uh, but anyway. They could have claimed him on waivers back in October, and it could have worked out. But they couldn't have done Absolutely. the trade like a couple weeks ago. But yeah, absolutely, the point still totally a hundred percent, a hundred. And and not only that, you know, you could they could have just they were just you know how you could have signed a better UFA probably, right? And it would have been a better contract than this, this Derek Stefan nonsense, who I cannot believe is already the second highest second highest paid senator. Uh, how how ridiculous is that, Derek Stefan, uh, at thirty years old, completely washed. And so, you know, just, just clown moves from a clown organization. And that's what you expect, right? It's the Ottawa Senators. And, you know, back to the, maybe they're not so much off the ice nowadays. But A, I anticipate eventually that they will return these off-ice shenanigans. But this cap stuff is also just a silly. Because, uh, whew, that is, uh, that is all Arizona in terms of the dubs there for this deal. Because uh, it's not even close. Not even close. Got a second round for Derek Stepan and his horrible contract. That is, uh... Nice piece of business. Other smaller deals happening this week. Slater Cuckoo signed with the Oilers. Carl Soderberg signed with Chicago. They've had a pretty nice offseason, except the fact that they don't have any goalies. Uh, but Nashville, probably, they, they were active. They brought back Michael Granlund for a year. They signed Eric Halla for a year, both the very reasonable contracts. And we'd been talking how Nashville had a lot of cap space and could really use some more forwards to really shore up the depth there. And they used it. They used it. Uh, they they waited around, as is tech, as is usually smart to do in free agency, and got some nice cheap short deals for two effective players, Granlin and Halla. So good for them. Good for Nashville. Uh, and if you have anything to say about them, go ahead. Otherwise, I think you have a a, a trivia for me this week. Yeah, not a bit. Uh, you know, Nashville. I think Halla's a nice sign. I think Granlin's maybe a bit overpriced, three point seven five million dollars. But you know. Yeah, any of the forward stuff. And they're bringing him back, right? He just played with him. They, they just yeah. traded for him. So, uh, good for them. Uh, one other deal I want to mention. Mackenzie Blackwood got a deal as an RFA uh, from New Jersey. Uh, three years, $2.8 million per. And, like, that sounds like a steal. That sounds like it's a real bona fide steal. Like, you're looking two years down the road, and you're going to be like, how the hell? Because... Yeah, I understand New Jersey was terrible last year, but he was like their bright spot, right? Rookie goalie, played very well down the stretch. And yeah, he got the new contract, $2.8 million. Seems like an absolute bargain uh, for what may be, you know, I know Corey Crawford's in the net now or, you know, in that in that room, in that goalie room, but he could absolutely be your long-term starter. Getting him under three years for $2.8 million. Fantastic contract for New Jersey. Yeah. 
I, I agree with you on that one. I, I saw I thought I saw the number first, two point eight. I thought maybe it was like a one year, maybe a two year deal. But three years of that number for the guy who who's probably is New Jersey's goalie of the future, and I think he kinda has to be for them because they don't really have anyone else who's gonna be challenging him for it, besides like, you know, Crawford this year maybe. Uh but yeah, he obviously won't be around there long term. And so I think Blackwood being the number one, I think they're really hoping it works out. And if it does, 2.8 for the next three years, uh, great value. And I think by the end of that contract, three years from now, he's probably going to cash in if he performs the way they hope to. Yeah, and he's probably still an RFA, right, at the end of it? Uh, let me just – yeah, he's still an RFA at the end of the, at uh-huh. the, end of the deal. So uh, that's, a, that's a great piece of business. And great piece I of mean, tidy business. Tidy piece yeah, of business. Yeah, tidy piece of business. Because, uh, look, I mean, if it doesn't work out, obviously there's problems because then they don't have a goaltender. But cap-wise, it's like, it's $2.8 million. It's nothing. So, uh, yeah. Good stuff, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, I don't think there's... I, I don't have anything else to add. We can move to the quiz unless... Uh, quiz time. You, yeah, quiz time. Okay. Here we go. All right. Okay. okay, this one's a pretty simple one. Uh, and I figured we'd have a lot to talk about, so I kept it shorter. Uh, and it's World Juniors. It's World Juniors themed. It's very topical. Okay. I give right, you perfect. a couple things. I give you a couple numbers. Uh, and you tell me which is greater. And I won't give you the number outright. Um, okay. 10 or okay. 7. Yeah, here we go. Uh, something like that. But instead, it's words uh, that I'm giving you. And then, uh, you know, you tell me which is greater. The associated number. Make sense? Pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. Okay. Uh, I have, uh, I think I have nine questions. One, two, three. Yeah, I have nine questions. So uh, I think we should just set the bar pretty high because A, it's 50%. They're 50% questions. B, the questions are actually pretty easy uh, because okay, so they're so. Uh, seven? Yeah, I think seven's a good one. Yeah, seven. All right, sure. All right, seven. These are all very, uh, very topical, very much in the now. It's a, it's a current quiz, current with a Q. Okay. <laughs> all right all right so question uh this is this is, we'll start we'll start very easy all right sure. number the number of german skaters that were playing against canada or canadian goals all right well there were 14 german skaters and there were 16 goals scored by team canada yesterday so the answer is canadian goals is greater all right one zip here we go Okay. Yeah, child's play. Same game. What's that? I said child's play. Hell yeah. It's too easy. It's too easy. Okay. Uh, next up, keeping it pretty, keeping it in that same game. Shots on goal by the Germans or uh, Canadian goals? Ooh, this is a tough one, actually. Uh, I saw multiple points throughout the game. I remember seeing Canada having more goals than Germany had shots. Uh, you know, I feel like they didn't get to 16. Oh, wait, 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 wait a second. I was looking at the TSN scorecard and I no- noticed that uh, Levy and Garand both had like exactly a, a 900 save percentage and they both gave up one goal, I think, unless I'm misremembering that, which would imply, or may- wait, hold on. Yeah, I feel like they had more than more than sixteen shots in the end, Germany. Uh, I think they had like 
18 to 20 ish. So I'm going to go with Germany. Germany shots is the bigger number. Okay. You are, uh, you are indeed misremembering, uh, uh because, uh, Levi, Le- Levy had a 900 save percentage, but Garand had an 800 save percentage. Uh, oh, that's, so, uh, oh, they look similar. Oh no. <laughs> total shots, 15 for Germany and, uh, 16 goals, Ouch. obviously. All right. That was definitely a step up in terms of difficulty. Wow. Okay. All right. Now, now these are gonna get these are gonna get funky. These are gonna start to get Uh-oh. funky. All right. Uh-oh. Okay. okay. All right. Here we go. So, players in the tournament with a Q in their name in either name at any point, or Canadian skaters without a point yet, not including the exhibition. <laughs> Okay, well, of course, there's Quinton Byfield. Uh, I know there's a player on Team Germany named Enriquez, so that's two. Um, man, I don't want to like waste time going through every single team in my head. I don't. Oh, Team Sweden tends to have several cues. Uh, you know all the quests and stuff, Nyquist, Hornquist, that type of thing. Uh, and I'm trying to go through in my head as many Swedish players as I can think of and i haven't thought of any with a q yet no holt holtz raymond niederbach uh nybeck noel gundler mil haneman elmer soderblom just listing swedish players now and i can't think of any cues on them uh i must be missing at least one how about team usa do they have they don't have a, a quinn or anything uh matthew Beneers, a bunch of uh, Boldy, there's no Q in Matthew Boldy. Little known fact about Matthew Boldy: uh, York, Sanders, and Theron Lacombe. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anyone but those two. Wait, wait, can you? Is it Team Canada skaters or players without a, a point? Skaters. Okay, because there are three of them. I know uh, Zary, Korzak, and Schneider. Because I was looking at the game sheet earlier, uh, and I thought I've thought of two players with a Q in their name. And I, I really can't think of any more. So I'm going to go with players on Team Canada without a point. Wow. Uh, well, that is incorrect because there are four players in the tournament. Of course. Uh, and one of them, you're going to be kicking yourself because, uh, well, the other one, okay, so there's there's four. Enriquez Morales, uh, noted German, Quinton Byfield. Uh, Joel Blomquist, who's the goalie for the Finnish team. Oh, yes. And and the last one is hilarious because you said there's no Quinn or anything, but there's a Jack Quinn. <laughs> oh, there is a Jack team... Quinn. No. <laughs> We're Team Canada. So, uh, oof, it's 4-3, and so now you're 1-3. Oh, man. Uh, that, one, that one hurts a lot. That's rough. Howie. You said the name. Uh, you said the I freaking name. Quinn. Yeah, Jack Quinn is so forgettable. It's it's because well, you know, if the TSN guys forgot about him talking about Sabres prospects, I don't feel so bad. Okay, all right, fair enough. We we're just so talking I gotta about run him, the though. table now. Okay, you got to run the table, and these are these are these are getting tricky. These are getting tricky. All right, this is hard. It is. Uh, okay, question number five, four, four. Uh, number of countries in the tournament. Or number of currently existing countries that have ever hosted it. Oh, interesting. So there are 10 countries in the tournament. And I know it's been hosted by Canada, the USA, Russia, Sweden, Finland, and Czech Republic last year. 
they're all currently existing. And I feel as though uh, there might have been like maybe one or two other countries who've hosted it. But I don't think and they planned the host teams a couple years in advance. So anyone who might be like in Group B, they tend to avoid for the most part. So I'm going to go with there are more countries in the tournament than countries who've hosted it. That's correct. 10 to 7. Uh, the seven countries are Canada, Czech Republic, Finland, uh, Russia, Sweden, the United States. And uh, at one point, oh, there's Switzerland in 1997. Uh, and Germany had one in 1992. Oh, so, so eight, uh, not seven. Oh, whoop, I miscounted. But regardless, ten. the answer is still ten. Uh, ten. And there's a couple of default countries. Czechoslovakia, Soviet Union, West Germany. But, uh, yeah, existing countries no more. Gonna, you were going in alphabetical order, and you got to United States was the sixth one. And I was trying to think, like, wait, who's after you? And, like, Venezuela? Or... <laughs> I went back and forth. Uh, yeah. Let's go back up. All right. Okay, so we're two for four. Uh, on track to run the table. Here we go. So, if you just which take the last question into account. Was that? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the Swedish, you know, the Swedish, the big Swedish win streak, um, you know, in the, in the preliminaries. Or, as of right now, before today's games have started, the number of goals scored in the tournament. Overall, that's a very good question. All right, Sweden's streak after beating the Czech Republic yesterday uh, is and now at 53 games in the round robin. Goals scored in the tournament so far. So, yesterday we had 18 in the Canada game, plus 11 equals 29, plus 8 equals 37. And that was that one day. Uh, the day before, we had a 5 3 win for Russia over the US. So Oh, wait, what number was I at? Oopsie, I was at... Wait, wait, did I say 34? I meant 37. All right, let me just start over. Let, you know what, I'm going to start with the first day. I'm, I'm going to start with the first day because I don't remember those as well. So we had a one nothing win first for Slovakia over Switzerland. That's one. Good so far. And the next game uh, was Finland-Germany. It was a 5-3 win. And then a later game was also 5-3. So that's 8 plus 8 plus 1 is 17. Uh, 17 plus 8 from the Sweden-Czech Republic game is 25, plus 18 from the Canada game is 43, plus 11 from the USA game is 52. So you really you really walked the line here, didn't you? But I, I hope all my addition was correct and didn't make any mistakes, but Sweden's round-robin streak is looks like it's one number bigger than the amount of goals of the tournament so far. Oof, that is incorrect because uh, you blew it on the addition on the very last step. <laughs> you were at 43. Oh, after no. Adding... <laughs> I did 43 plus 11 is 52. No. This is what happens oh, when I don't man. have a math class. <laughs> oh, boy. This is a hockey podcast. Clearly not a addition podcast. 54. Uh, okay. If not, I'd have that to reconsider rude. on the host. And it's, uh, yeah, 54. I got the score Whoa, of every single crazy. game correct, but I'm just going to add them together properly. Wow. Um, Honestly, I don't think I'm trying to. I don't think I've ever been this embarrassed on this podcast. I think two in a row. Worst Oof. moment. Man, that's uh, it's tough. It's tough. Ouch. Uh, so uh, fifty-four, fifty-three. That was uh, pretty tight. I kept it pretty tight. I, I was pretty surprised. I was. I had the question mind. I was like, oh damn, one apart. That's perfect. 
Okay. I hate that. All right. Wow. This is the worst day of my life. <laughs> wow. I turned it around real quick in a, sp- in a span of two minutes. This is all of a sudden become the worst day of his life. Worst, worst moment day. of his life. Wow. Petrified. Shocker. <laughs> okay. All right. If you want, you can always you can always edit in the correct answer. You know what I mean? Just uh, no, it's too late. No, you no, got no. It right. I will never ruin the integrity of fusion quizzes. I would never. Okay. All right. Well, I'll listen back later, and I won't be shocked if uh, I hear some pretty blatant edits in there. You know. And, uh, okay. And forty-three right. plus eleven is fifty-four. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and then. Uh, and then you have me. You play. You replay a clip of me saying you're right. Uh, you just shove that in there, and uh, you got yourself. And cut out you got yourself all of this rambling. What's that? And cut yeah, out and cut this all this rambling. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right next question. Let's see if I can get a six. We're moving the threshold. Okay. Uh, I don't know. This is these questions gets harder. All right. Ooh, this one's good. All right. The, the number of times. The letter Z appears in the German roster versus the number of times on the Canadian roster. Um, remember at the beginning when you said this was an easy quiz? Yeah. Well, 50-50. Come on. Uh, oh, well, I don't know. Uh, Team Germany, uh, they have Maximilian Glotzel. There's an S in... Uh, sorry, not an S. A Z in that name. Tim Stutzel's got one. Uh, and I'm sure there are others. On Team Canada, uh, I hmm, is there a Zach? I don't think so. Let me just go through every single player in my head. Uh, n- none of the goalies have it. I hope. And I don't think so. Is there a Z in Taylor Gautier? I I can't find one. Owen Byram, Jamie Drysdale, Thomas Harley, Caden Gooley, Braden Schneider, Caden Korzak. There's a Z in Caden Korzak. Uh, Justin Barron, Jordan Spence. Okay, one Z so far. Germany is firmly in the lead. All right, let's look. Let's think about the forwards. Dylan Holloway, Alex Newhook. Dylan Cousins. Oh, there's another one. There's another Z. Dylan Cousins. Uh oh. Um. Who? Okay. Who else do we have? Kirby Doc. No. Connor McMichael. Cole Perfetti. Peyton Krebs. Quinton Byfield. Jack Quinn. Not, not gonna forget him this time. But there's no Z, so no help anyway. Uh, who else is on this team? Jacob Peltier. Uh, Dawson Mercer. Phil Tomasino. Ryan Suzuki. There's a third one. There's a third one, right? So Connor Zary, that's a fourth. Okay, so that is more Z's than I was expecting on Team Canada. That is four. And I only thought of two on Team Germany, but on the other hand, I have not thought of even close to their full roster. <laughs> so, I knew as many players, though. <laughs> yeah, they don't have... Well, wait, are you counting the players who are technically on the roster with COVID? No. Or just the players who dressed? Oh, no, just the players in the game. Uh, okay. I think it's one tag. Let me let me let me try to figure this one out. Yeah, yeah, just the ones in the game. All right. Um. Okay. Uh. So I don't even think Glotzel was in the game actually. So so now I'm just down to one with Stutzel. Oh, there was Enriquez. I remember we talked about him. I'm pretty sure that ends with Z. So we're back up to two. Uh. So that's and there's no none in Paterka. Uh. The goalies' names, I'm having a hard time remembering, but I'm pretty sure they did not have a Z. Um, okay, so that would leave, like, 12 players left that would need three Zs. 
in order for them to match, I mean, to surpass Canada. So oh, there's also Florian Eliash, and there's no Z in Florian Eliash. So I'm going to go with Team Canada. More Zs on Team Canada. All right. Oh, this is a, this is a tough quiz. Rough up because it's the answer is Germany. Um, so there's uh, so you named all the Canadians, and there are five Germans. There's Stutzel. There's a uh, there's that Glotzel actually played yesterday. It was a minus seven. Oh, so, he did. Uh, he did. Why did I think he, was he there. did? I don't know. But he was oh, he playing there on the defense. Uh, Enriquez Morales, as you said. There's a Mario Zimmerman, and a Luca Munzenberger. Very nice name. So that's five. Uh, wait, uh, that was five? five to four. Oh, yes, yeah. that was five, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Stutzel, well, Glotzel, Munzenberger, Enriquez, and Zimmerman. Wow. I thought maybe you would have some sort of like generous Christmas spirit this week and not make these impossible right. questions about Munzenberger and Mario Zimmerman. Uh, who, these aren't real people, but uh, that's a joke. They're <laughs> obviously real people. But this is extremely difficult. And, and, you know, you could have at least warned me. You could have at least said, this quiz is impossible. And then I wouldn't be feeling so bad right now about being under 50%. But whatever, let's finish this up. All right. Call it a retroactive warning. This quiz is impossible. You can, you can fit that. You can, you, can edit, you can edit that one, too. You can pretend <laughs> I said it beforehand. All right. Okay. All right. Now, now, now we're getting into the really tough questions, I think. How many is that? Two for six. Which, which questions have I... Uh... Oh, okay. I, I see. All right, do, I not do, these, do you not decide on the order beforehand? Uh, no, I just kind of jump around depending on what I feel like it, you know? You gotta oh. go with the flow. All right. I meticulously so, organize the order of all my questions, but whatever. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, uh, okay, here we go. Uh, which, is, uh, which is greater? The high temperature in Edmonton on Saturday. I don't know. Or... The <laughs> best plus minus on Team Germany. I don't even know what the temperature is where I am right now. Uh, all right. The best plus minus on Team Germany. All right. I have no idea. I'm sure there was someone on the team who got lucky and they were only like a minus two. Uh, Edmonton's probably very cold. I bet they're like one number apart, so I might as well just take a random guess. I'm going to go Team Germany was greater. All right. Look at that. They're actually not one number apart. They're three numbers apart. Because um, okay. uh, Jan Lukas Schum- Schumacher had a minus one somehow. Ah. And uh, it was minus four, the highest temperature yesterday in Edmonton. So good stuff, Jan Luka. Keeping uh, off the. I feel such a good gratification. I say I feel so good about myself that I was able to guess that one correctly. Look at me go! Oh yeah, that's right. See, it's a fifty-fifty quiz. I'm not asking you to name the player who had a minus one. I'm just telling you to tell me it was a minus one. Okay. Mm. Next question, similar style. Lowest temperature in Edmonton yesterday, or worst plus worst minus plus- on Team Germany? Uh, hmm. That's uh, well. Okay, if the high in Edmonton was minus four. I'm not like a, a weather expert, but I'm pretty sure the range is usually kind of wide, like probably about 10 degrees or so. And I don't think there was anyone approaching minus 14 on Team Germany. Probably like minus 9 or 10 maybe would be the worst. So I'm going to go with, again, Team Germany. All right. In this case, 
the lower temperature was higher. Uh, it was minus eight. So weather skills, just like your addition skills, maybe not the greatest today. Uh, the range was four degrees between high and low. And the worst on Team Germany, this one, was kind of cheap. It was only one away. Minus nine. Simon Nip. Oh, of course. No defense. Simon Nip. You're never going to make it with that plus minus Simon Nip. Come on now. He scored an assist, though. So, which means he was he was on the ice for 10 goals. Oh, wait. Was it a power play goal that they scored? I think it was, though. Okay. Never mind. Um, uh, remember, so, yeah. One of my favorite plus minus stories is uh, apparently, like, the Leafs lost nine, th- uh, or at least one, nine to three in, like, 2009 or something. And Brett Lebda was a minus three because he was on for all the <laughs> games and none of the goals for that's hilarious uh worse that in hockey but it makes for it's kind of jokes and it's also very nice makes for very nice weather comparisons in a quiz so well, shout out to plus minus shout yeah, out to plus minus being good at weather and nothing else anyway all right let's finish. how many questions are left there's one more okay the last one. there's no weather in this one okay all right shots faced by devin levy yesterday or the entire tournament, you could say. Or uh, King's Prospects in this tournament. Okay, so Devin Levy gave one goal and had a 900 save percentage, uh, which seems to imply that he yeah, he faced 10 shots. Um, yeah, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, totally. All right, I'm just making sure my math... Oh, yeah, 10 shots. Okay, King... King's prospects. I know they have a lot. Uh, Byfield, Alex Turcott, um, Tobias Bjornfit, Arthur Kaliev. That's four. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Who else do they draft this year? Simone Tavall, uh, playing for Team Finland. That's five. Brock Faber is six. Uh, they had the thirty-fifth pick also this year. I can't remember who they took with. Oh, Helga Grands did not make Team Sweden, which was a surprise. Uh, so he won't count. He doesn't get. He's not in the tournament. We're still at six. Um, hmm. I feel like they have like a, a a goalie prospect or something in the tournament, or they probably have like some seventh round pick who's playing for a somewhat obscure team. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I need to get at least think of at least because there are probably more than six. If you're guessing it with like the the ten thing, uh, who else? Who else? Uh. Oh, oh, Kromiak on Team Slovakia. He's a Kings prospect. So now we're at seven. Uh, oh, Jordan Spence on Team Canada. We're at eight. Okay, yep. Okay, I'm starting to... Okay, we're getting close. We're getting close to ten. I don't think there would be more than ten from any team. That seems pretty rare. Uh, and I can't think of any more. And I think if they had like 11 pros, that's a really big number. We'd probably hear more about that. So I'm going to go with shots faced by Devin Levy is the greater number. All right. Ending on a, on, ending on a nice note. Yeah. Uh, there are nine. You missed. Yeah. And you had him. Just didn't know the name. Lucas Parrick, goaltender for the Czech Republic. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. Hey. Last year. Third rounder. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah. Nine prospects. Okay. That's it. Four for nine. Uh, impossible quiz. Yes. But, uh, Tremendous pain okay. me today. <laughs> Man, the the addition hurts, doesn't it? The yeah, it still hurts. It's going to haunt me. 
I'm gonna call Jack this episode Quinn. 43 plus 11. Oh man, I was I was hoping it was gonna be uh, Froleek Navidad, but hey, uh, well that's already kind of taken. So okay. I don't know. Sure, whatever. Okay. Call it Froleek Nav. We'll, we'll I'll integrate both. I'll call it I'll call it 43 plus 11 Froleek Navidad. There, seamless, <laughs> seamless integration between our two themes. Incredible. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. The, the listeners will know exactly what we're talking about just by looking at the title of the episode. Uh huh. They certainly will. Um. So we actually, I I just realized like this morning we were gonna maybe do like a uh, Habs year in review or something, but we don't have anything ready. Oh, yeah. So I guess not. I guess we won't nope. do that. Maybe next week. Probably not next week actually, because we'll have a bunch of World Junior stuff still to talk yeah. about. Uh. So, I guess this is the end. Do you have any any final words for our final episode of 2020? Oh, I forgot about that. The fact that yeah. it is the last episode. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's our first full calendar year, right? There is. Uh, here on Fusion. I think we did 52, maybe 53 episodes. I'm not too sure. Pretty cool. All right. Uh, I'd like to uh, one shout out. I'd like to shout out my fantasy football team. Shout out. Uh, looking like I'm about to win the league. So uh, pretty good. Pretty good. All right. So I think uh, anything else you want to add? I think I think you said you're done. Yeah. Yeah. I like, you can uh, you can take it home for 2020 here. Sign off. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, both this episode and uh, really all our episodes uh, throughout this very long year. That was 2020 through all the quarantine and whatnot. And uh, yeah. So uh, tell your friends about the podcast so they can start listening in 2021. New year, new listeners, maybe. Uh, and follow us on Twitter. Uh, you know, buy, what is it? Use handles in the description, usually. And uh, we'll see you next week with some hard-hidden, fresh NHL content because the training camp's about to start soon. And obviously, we're all junior stuff. It's about to be the nightclub thing. Let's go.